<laughs> I think we're going. Hello. We're going. Welcome to Recovered AF Don't podcast. talk like that, though. <laughs> uh, that was me attempting to be chipper. <laughs> that was not chipper. <laughs> it was just creepy. Yeah. You sound like a weirdo. <laughs> That's what happens when I try and sound chipper, Kyle. Hello. <laughs> I sound like a weirdo. You're trying to sound sensual or something. I don't know how to do that. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Recovered AF Podcast. This is so another episode of this. Aaron is uh, real feisty today, so <laughs> great. And um, we are going to do a non-affiliation disclaimer that fucking Mr. Chipper Pants over here is going to give us the info on. Yeah, that's right. We're not affiliated with any 12-step groups. We don't represent any 12-step groups. Um, just because I eat whack donald's every now and again does not mean that uh i speak for whack donald's you know what i mean sure dude and after this podcast i might not be affiliated with you with your attitude well we'll see good luck (laughs) i saw that art garfunkel is on tour that'd probably be what it would be like if you had a podcast (laughs) you're stupid uh we have a guest today aaron who's our guest his name is Zach mm-hmm. or Zachary or Zachary. What is it? Just Zach? Just Zach for now. All right. Just Zach. We'll start there. Just yeah. Zach. So just Zach. We know Zach because he participates in the same 12 step fellowship that I participate in. And Zach and I are actually part of the same group. So oh, see, this is what's going on. Segregation. What we're trying like to do outsider. is team up against yeah. you, make you feel less than. Yeah. I think I, it worked. I feel the vibe. I can assure you of that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Zach, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm glad to be here, man. This is awesome. Just having a nice, nice, chill little Sunday, Sunday morning with a rock star and a belly full of nasty old Qdoba. Nice, dude. Yeah. That sounds like my work. world, except for switch out the Red Bull. Qdoba is good for the keto. Yeah. That's all. I like Chipotle. I know. There was... What? What? what what was I saw something about like people that like the second best thing? I think it might have been a Saturday Night Live skit because it was all about Chicago and second being the second city. And it was like a lot of people like Chicago. A lot of people like what's second best. Some people like Qdoba instead of Chipotle. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you like the second best thing? Yeah. All right. Cool. Except for the second best quarterback. And anyway. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, shut up. So what's up? Hi. Welcome. Sorry, man. Uh, it's all good. I'm, this is about uh, as informal as it gets here. Cool. So I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying the back and forth banter. Okay, you're the only one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So like, usually we start this off. We just um, since since so, even though we're not affiliated with those twelve step groups, that's how Kyle and I got well. That's how we recovered. And and you're in one of those groups, like we talked about. So usually we start off with somebody's first experience. To what uh, to a twelve step group, uh, whatever that was, and then we just sort of go back and forth from there. So I'm curious as to what your first experience with a twelve step group was. Well, I think I think I've got. I mean, you know, we figure out in this in all this that we're not very unique, but I do have kind of a unique experience as far as getting into the twelve step uh, programs, and um, you know, my my mom's also in recovery and. She's also been on the podcast. And she's also been on the podcast, yeah. Um, and so I, I was I was sitting in the rooms with a with a bunch of drunks since I was shit, like seven, eight, nine years old. Um it's probably kinda why I had a disposition to yeah. to uh to all that 
lifestyle, you know, but, um, my, my own personal experience getting into the, getting into the rooms. Um, I just, I, I was a shit show for a long time and I, I finally had enough. And luckily, you know, since my mom was in the program, I, I just, I knew who to ask and, you know, my pride didn't want me to go there. Mm-hmm. My, I, I didn't want to have to be like, Hey mom, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm an alcoholic and, uh, but you know, it, it, shit had just gone too far and I was getting way, way too uncomfortable inside of myself to, to, to want to continue down that path. And so I, I decided that I'd, I'd, uh, reach out and that very evening she wrangled up a bunch of other drunks and went to a local coffee shop and they sat me down and talked to me about, you know, what this whole thing was and started going to meetings and you know, I, I strung together six months, and I, I just wasn't doing the damn thing. I wasn't working the steps. I was just suiting up, showing up, you know. That, that's that's all I really knew, and that's probably what I needed at the time. Um, but, but then I, I relapsed intentionally. Mm-hmm. I, I hit a day before I was going to get a six-month chip, and I was like, all right, well, you know, I probably can just go back out and drink again, you know. Yeah. I wanted to live this rock star lifestyle, and... Alcohol was a big old part of that, so so I went back out drinking, and that that didn't last very long. Strung together another three months, and still wasn't in it. And then I wound up uh, wound up going going back out for about uh, close to two years, and then I really, really just threw my threw my whole life into the wood chipper. Mm-hmm. You know, every everything went down. Uh, it, was, it almost felt intentional, but yeah, that w- so that that was kind of my introduction to the twelve steps. I, you know, from from being a little kid and and being in those rooms with all these foul mouthed, you know, chain smoking, nasty coffee drinking drunks that were just like the coolest people to me ever. You know, I was just like, this is awesome. My mom's letting me say fuck. You know, and I'm like eleven years old, and I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, and so. That that was super cool, but having that experience, you know, was was really good for me because I knew where to go as soon as the shit hit the fan in my own life. Yeah, I was I my mom went to treatment when I was like seven or eight too, and then also started me dragging me to AA meetings and uh, see, I'm not unique. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> um, and. Uh, <coughs> There used to be a well. There still is. There's like a twelve step fellowship for teenagers, also that sh- that I had to go to. I remembered I was talking about that with Jeff yesterday, and so I wasn't a teenager though. The other kids were. I was probably a little young to be in that fellowship. But anyway, how how old are you now? I'm 29. Okay. Yeah. So I was just wondering. Yeah. So what um what was the tipping point into surrendering to the work? Because, like, again, I I know lots of people that have, and I'm one of them, and I have my own experience with it, of, like, being around 12-step fellowships and then actually, like, doing what what the work suggests and, like, what tipped you into being willing to do that. Well, um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's it's... I could have I could have probably written a country song, you know, <laughs> L- losing everything, the the girl, the house, the 
cars, the you know, all, all that. I I um I started I started work at a car dealership here. Um well let me let me preface that. I I was in a in a really bad accident um at my previous job in twenty fifteen. A work related accident? Work related accident. I got crushed in the back of a skid steer. Oh yeah, I saw something about that. Somebody posted something on Facebook and you had commented on it like that sucks when that happens, and they're like, "What? That really happened?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty rough. I, I got crushed in the back of it, um, broke both my arms, and, um, you know, I, it was a, it was a long recovery, and I, I was, I was fucked up for a long time. You know, I mean, it was probably like a, realistically, like an eight month span of just like not being able to wipe my own ass. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Your arms are broken. Yeah, I could I could play video games and that was about it. So mm-hmm. but uh so I because of that I I had to get into a line of work that was less intensive, you know, labor-wise, physical-wise and so I I got a job at the car dealership selling cars. I was Cadillac Zach for a while and um I I got wrapped up with a with a girl there, and she worked there. Yeah, she worked there, and and in this time frame, I was actually engaged and about to get married to somebody else. To somebody else. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but I, you know, I, I wanted to fulfill all these all these things outside of me. I I, I was just real insecure about about everything that I had going on in my life. So, you know, I, the girl wasn't good enough. And, you know, there was a lot of all this shit that just wasn't good enough for me. Like I deserved more. And so, so I, I ended up, I ended up getting married, but I was also kind of having an affair outside of that with this other girl from work, you know? So I had, I had the hot girlfriend and then I bought a Corvette Mm. and I bought a house with, with the wife but I was still with the other girl, you know, so like there was, it was just this whirlwind of shit going on in my life. You went through a midlife crisis at 25? <laughs> a quarter life crisis, I guess. Well, I hope it's not a midlife crisis. But um, yeah, so, so I, was, I was stacking up all these things that were, were making me look good, but I wasn't feeling good, you know. I, I was just, I was barren. I was, I was, um, I was trying to feed something inside of me, you know, fill up that hole that that they talk about that that, uh, that only God can really, really envelop, um, you know. And so, so I, uh, I got, I got real fucking sick in the head, you know. I had all this going on. I ended up leaving the leaving the wife, moving in with the girl. So now I had all these things, you know, all the things that that I wanted that that could show you. That I've got a good life. I got the, the hot girlfriend, the sports car. You know, I've I've got this job where I'm making a decent amount of money, and I'm you know, just I don't know, showing off, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it, it wasn't working out, and and I was feeling that inside of myself, and I didn't know what it was. And you know, every time that that feeling would come up, which was pretty much all the time, I was I was getting drunk because. Mm-hmm. Because that was the only way that I knew to combat that type of feeling at the time. You know, I didn't have any fucking tools. I was just, 
I was just a little wreck, a little dirt bag. Trying to fill that in, internal condition with all of those things, and then all of those things aren't working, so then filling it with alcohol. Right, yeah. right, right. And so so that kind of just started spiraling out of control. And and the girl I was with, you know, she was she was a drinker too. You know, we, that was that was what we did. And things would often get volatile, mm-hmm. you know. And, and at, at some point I decided that I needed to get out of that you know, again. And, um, and once I did, once I did, uh, you know, I was still drinking, but I moved out on my own and, and things were starting to kind of look up, but, but still I was just like trying to fill this void inside of me that, that I didn't know, you know, booze always made me feel good. So that's what I did. And, uh, and I had, I had one night, you know, this, this girl and I were apart and I, there was this one night that I got all kinds of fucked up and, Decided I'd go pay her a little visit. It was like two thirty in the morning. I I knew that I knew that she kept her back door unlocked, mm. and so I popped her fence and went into her into her house, and I found her in bed with another guy. Oh, okay, we weren't together, but I was still really upset. You know? Right, like what are you doing? Yeah. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> so and this guy's jacked. You know, it turns out he's a really nice guy. I made an amends to him, took him out to lunch, and stuff. Super cool guy, like. I'm glad that he didn't wind up with her either because he, he, he deserves better. You know? <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, so I found, found him. I was going to fight him, which was bad because, you know, I, I can't fight my way out of a wet paper bag. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the, the next morning after that, cops are trying to track me down because, of, you know. Because you entered somebody's home at 2.30 in the morning? That's illegal. The, yeah. That's, that's, Who'd have thought that, huh? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> But I knew the door was unlocked, so justification says. Yeah. yeah but uh, <laughs> you know, if the door is unlocked, is it really breaking in? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like if I used to live here, isn't it my house? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so the next morning, I was feeling like shit. And I, right after that was, that was over. You know, that night I I went home and took every pill in the cabinet and drank all this booze and i was just trying to kill myself mm-hmm. like i was trying to be done all right and uh and the next morning i was i was over at my mom's house because that's that's the safe place for me you know mm-hmm. um and i decided to uh you know call the cops and so they came over and and i just fessed up with everything and and I don't know what happened at that point because I was still pretty hammered when all of that was going yeah, on. And that next day, still drunk. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Waiting for that fucking hangover to set in. Anyway, but I, I just, I just started bawling, and I, and I, and and then I just stopped, and I was like, I'm ready. I need, I need help. I'm done. I'm done being. I'm done being this version of Zach. You know, because. You know, I've 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 had all these great aspirations my whole life, and I'm watching my life going down this whole other path of just darkness and, you know, repetition, just drinking every weekend because that's a fun thing to do. But like, it, nothing nothing was fulfilling, you know, and and all of this came crashing down at that very moment, and I just dropped to my knees and I and I just surrendered. I I knew at that point that I was. I was too far gone and that, you know, if, if I didn't make the choice to change my life at that point, then who knows, I'd be dead. I mean, less than 12 hours, you know, prior to that point, I was trying to kill myself, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, um, so yeah, I, 
I went to I went to a meeting. I, I reached out to a guy in the program. He he came and snagged me up and kind of just sat with me while I sobered up for a while and and then I grabbed a meeting and um and I knew that uh I knew that I was I was done at that point, you know. And and that's what made that different from from the other times the 6 months and the 3 months that I had before is that I had actually hit that that surrender that total wall of honesty where I was just like I can't do this anymore like it it's not just like a maybe I'm not I'm not wavering here you know this this is the only destination I have now in order for me to survive yeah and so at that point I decided yes I'm going to do the work I'm going to get a sponsor you know I'm going to I'm going to get really fucking honest with myself and do whatever it takes to never feel like that again. So, um, yeah, I think there's a difference between me telling myself I should probably get sober and then me being left with the only choice being to get sober. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Um, yeah. I th- yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of times <laughs> I thought, you know, yeah. I really need to get sober. Right. Right. I yeah, should I get think sober. Like I'm when gonna... life convinces you instead of you trying to convince yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the um, the tipping point for most people. I'm just curious what it looks like when we talk to people. That's why I generally will ask that because everyone's is a little bit different, oh, but yeah. it's always the same. At least what I get out of it is like the what I relate to people with is the internal part much more than their drinking mirrored my drinking. It's more so how they felt and viewed the world and reacted to the world mirrors how I feel the world and react to the world. And that's what I can get down with. And so even though your story is different than mine, you and I have talked about that a lot, and Zach's is different than ours, all three of us felt that point of like, I'm fucked, man. (laughs) And what I was thinking, I was going to ask you, do you, when you read the big book, do do, do you just relate like no other like i listening to you i'm like geez i can pull parts out of what you just said and like identify it in the big book a bunch like moral and philosophical convictions galore right like oh i'm gonna convince i'm gonna have this plan and this outline and my life's gonna look like this and like not having the power to do that and stuff i just was curious do you do you identify with the book quite a bit yeah yeah i mean I, i you know as as a lot of people you know say they feel you know i'm I'm the same way it it, it tells my story you know a, a ton of it you know it's especially getting into you know the part where where we're the the actor trying to run the show you know that i i go back to that all the time because it it really uh it really resonates with me and and just just my actions you know it, it completely parallels what i what i did you know and that, of course that's not the only part but you know it's yeah, I I have definitely figured out that I'm a I'm an alcoholic, and and that that's what that that's what that book is speaking to me for, you know. Right. Some of that hard won experience of taking all of those lumps to figure it out, right? Yeah. Um, you said that well, you you'd had the three months experience and the six month experience and that you were around but you just weren't doing the deal I think is how you put it and then this time you got back and you reached out um was it something where you got in to the steps immediately or was there still a few months where you sort of just lingered around and went to meetings and then and then got into the steps because um 
uh, I said on the podcast, my first attempt at sobriety was when I was 20, you know, and I didn't get sober till I was 40. And I learned a lot about what didn't work. And mostly that was not doing anything. <laughs> like, I mean, it is a 12 step program that entails 12 steps and actually doing them. I didn't figure that out. I'm a slow learner. Um, but when you got back this time and you'd hit that wall of honesty and that point of surrender, you talked about what, what was it, what was your experience like in the 12 step rooms? as that wasn't there before prior well let me tell you i I had i had this crazy serendipitous experience with with a person in the programs uh or in the program that that would later become my sponsor so first first this guy was a client of mine at the car dealership Mm -hmm. while i was still drinking and uh tried to sell him a truck and he was he was really hard to deal with (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, not really, but but he he just didn't buy for me, and so he kind of went off my radar. But he was a cool guy. You know, we spent a couple of weeks back and forth talking about a pickup truck or whatever. Well, like literally, I think it was two days after I decided, you know, to to get back into the into the program. Uh, I ran into him at a gas station. You know, <laughs> just in the morning, I was I was working for a hardwood flooring company, who I still work for now, and. And he knew them because he was a home builder. And uh, so I walked up to him. I was like, hey, man, how's it going? And he thought he knew me from the flooring deal. And I brought up that, like, hey, I tried to sell you a truck. I went back to this. And he's like, oh, shit. So we, you know, put two and two together. That very night, I saw him walk into my home group, uh-huh. you know. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Yeah. And so I was like, I I got to have this guy be my sponsor. Yeah. I didn't even know if he really knew anything about the program or anything. Turns out, you know, he's he's pretty badass dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty solid in the program. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I I didn't know that, but all I knew is that like this is this is not just circumstance, you know, like mm-hmm. and, and you know, something is trying to tell me that this guy belongs in my life. Mhm. And so I was like, hey, dude, will you be my sponsor? And he's like, hell yeah, absolutely. And uh, working the steps with him is rigorous, mm-hmm. you know. It, it happens fast. And that's exactly what I needed, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't put that off as, as, you know, happening by chance either, you know. Yeah. I knew that if, if I wasn't, you know, if I was half-assing or just moving slow or anything like that, I probably would have gone back out and drank, but mm-hmm. the powers that be put me in this in this guy's hands, you know, in this guy's home to go through the steps. I mean, we made it all the way through the 12 steps in like three and a half months. Mm-hmm. And I saw just a, a complete 180 of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I got to realize that I am a selfish and dishonest prick. And, you know, and that was that was good. I didn't like finding that out, but it was good, mm-hmm. you know. And then, and then from there, I got to I got to look at that and flip flop it and figure out, you know, figure out where I'm at fault and and all my shit and and start working on it. You know, it, it was like it was like turning a page over and and just just starting over. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I I had this sense of relief that I hadn't ever experienced in my life, mm-hmm. you know. And then. You and I have had a similar experience where after going through the work, I don't know, 
how to, I don't know what happens if we take the foot off the gas or if things, life just starts happening. And then, but you and I both had experience where like life gets hard again, even though we're sober and things are challenging. And then you recently just went through the work again, right? Yeah. And, well, and in the process. Of. Yeah. And that was like, explain that process for, for you, what that, what that kind of was like, like, Oh, I'm on, I'm living the high life. Things are great. My life's transforming. I'm kind of changing who I am and all this stuff's happening. And then kind of dwindling back into like a little bit of old Zach. And then now knowing I need to get back into the work again. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a back and forth kind of struggle for me, even, even now, even still, you know, moving through my second set of the steps and, and looking at all my shit again, you know, I, I still, I still waver. And it's because like, well, I I mean, I'm an alcoholic and like, for some reason, shit just can't be good enough for me. And that's something that, that I've got to work on, you know, and get honest with myself about. But just, just as an example, I, you know, I, I went through the steps and I, and I felt just the weight of the world come off my back the first time I did it, you know, and, and everything was good. And I'm, I've got this new perspective and everything's glowing and beautiful and, and awesome. And, you know, and, and I'm just feeling really, really great and, you know, proud of myself. And, and I'm, you know, all the while I'm developing a relationship with a higher power of my understanding, which, you know, is crucial. And so I'm, I'm, I'm working I'm working on on all this shit and then and then I I start just kind of fucking off and things become more important and I I got wrapped up back into that girl for a while, you know, and and that that threw me off. I the, I get the, the the mistress, the mistress. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've 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 got this like I've got this like tunnel vision where, you know, if I got tunnel vision on on my recovery and my relationship with a higher power, then I'm fucking golden. But if I start moving off to looking at other things, you know, that part of my life starts lacking, and and I, it happens in such a way that I don't really notice it until I'm like down on the ground in fetal position, shaking, you know, and and just wanting to be done again, you know. And I'm like, you know what? At at the point where where I'm feeling all shaky, like your tongue you, that we're talking about, you know, at that point is probably nine or ten months into sobriety, and and I I feel almost as bad as I felt on day one because I quit doing the work, I quit doing the ten steps, you know, I was really really sucking at eleven steps. I made the mistress my higher power, you know, she was standing standing in front of the sunlight. And, uh, and, and shit, shit just wasn't, wasn't right. And so, so I, I made, I made the decision to essentially start over again because, you know, that's, that's where I got all the goods the first time. So I wanted to go back through the work and, Mm -hmm. well, there were, I mean, there were a few things that I, that I wasn't doing that, that are really important. You know, it's a 12 step program. I didn't have any sponsees, you know. I wasn't working that 12th step. That was that was a, a huge deal. And, you know, and I was half-ass attempting to go to, you know, the local treatment center to 
maybe pick up a guy to just so I could show people on the outside. You know, it's it's the same thing. I'm showing people on the outside that I'm trying to do the shit. Really, I got this internal wad of shit that I need to sift through before I'm going to be of use to anybody else. Yep. But, you know, I, God popped a, a pretty beat up drunk into my into my lap and and uh he and i've been kicking through the steps now you know and it it's good it's good what was like i was for me that 12 step is tough because i was just um deathly afraid of doing it i just was i didn't want the responsibility of sponsoring somebody and it and i felt like I, i didn't feel qualified to sponsor somebody honestly and and that was just um that was that was just a, a manifestation of ego, um, but I had somebody like looking over my shoulder, sort of like pressuring me to get get on it, and so I ended up doing it. And then once that first one got out of the way, it became easier. I uh, was just wondering if there was something specific <laughs> like that that was pre- preventing you from doing the twelve step, or just the timing of it didn't work out at the time. Like, do you, do you why were just I I wouldn't I wouldn't blame it all on the on the timing of things. I I, I was getting in my own way with with everything, you know. I uh, my priorities, you know, for, for like this this program's given me, you know, a, a whole it's like hitting the reset button pretty much, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I wasn't showing enough gratitude towards that to to want to carry the message to somebody else, you know? It's sort of like you got what you got out of it and then sort of stepped away and was like, I got that. Yeah, I'm selfish. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I got you. You know? And so so that's that's what it was. And I, I wasn't even, like, when I got the sponsor that I've gotten now, you know, he just, he just kind of showed up. And I, I wasn't even in the mindset where I'm like, you know, I'm ready to give this away. I'm ready to do this thing, you know? I was just like... Well, my sponsor's right there, and he's watching me, so I better go talk <laughs> to this newcomer. And it and it, it turned out to you know this guy was a really cool guy, and he and he reached out. He didn't like he wasn't like yeah, today I will be your sponsor. You know he it took him a, a little while, but he reached out to me. He was like hey hey man, I need to do this, and I'm like fuck okay, you know I guess I guess I got to be ready if you're ready, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think the taking someone else through the work, no matter how far I am to that process is like a whole different program. You know what I mean? Like the going through it myself is one thing, but then as I take someone else through it, like I get this deeper understanding of, of the, of the book and of the program and of just how much God is involved in it and how little I really am involved. Like that's something that I keep realizing more and more as I'm taking people through the work. It's like, I really don't do anything, you know? I just show you where to go do the work. And then when you ask questions, I point you back to the work and to a relationship with God. But like, um, are you noticing that it's, like are you experiencing a different perspective on the work as you're taking this guy through it? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, like even, I'm not going to lie, like I, I'm, I'm not one of the guys that, you know, has really like read the book a, a lot. Like I, I read it going through my own, my own work and stuff like that. So it's, it's really cool for me, you know, reading the book with him and like, I'm trying not to show it, but I'm like, Oh shit. Like this is, this is some good stuff. I don't remember this part, you know, but I, you know, I, I'm trying to be like kind of a, 
kind of a role model, you know, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's a little self-seeking, but we still got some flaws to, to work out. You know? Not me, bro. <laughs> you? I'm perfect. You have the most flaws. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's cool going, you know, going through all that again because now i i feel like i i need to be a little more attentive and detail oriented you know just just as far as you know how i'm explaining shit you know relating my experience and and all that you know i i I really don't want to shortcut the guy and and this is this is like the first sponsee that well he's not my first sponsee but he's the first one that's actually like shown me some solid willingness you know to to do some shit and so like i'm like I got to, like, I can't fuck this up, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I also need to remember that I'm not responsible for him drinking or getting sober, you know. I'm just here to to kind of nudge him along and show him what's up. Yeah, that's the beauty of it is, for me, working with others is, like, uh, I just get a real picture of, of what I what I am, what I bring to the table, Cause like, I just have this idea in my head of like, Oh yeah, well, I, I'm going to screw this guy up if I do this wrong and stuff, you know, and uh, being able to go through the work, do, do stuff wrong with a guy and still see him recover is it like, uh, it's made a lot easier to be a, to be a sponsor. The more I do it because I can just start to understand, like I, I must have told him how to write that incorrectly and it it still worked out. We still got inventory. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. just a lot of gray area and I'm just such a black and white thinker that it's like, if I don't do this 100%, we're fucked. And what I've found by working with others a lot is there's a lot of gray area in that and with the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. Because it's about them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with me. Even though like when I'm taking someone through the work, I have this crazy idea that like, I've got some skin in this, you know. And I think some of that's selfishness, but some of that's just wanting caring want, about yeah, the person. Exactly. Yeah. Generally, generally wanting that person to get well. Yeah, right. Sometimes it's just because I want to bat a thousand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if I could take every single person through the work and they succeed, like yeah. that looks pretty good on me. <laughs> Who's the sponsor of sponsors? Yeah. <laughs> but it's the the ones that don't work or the ones where I feel inadequate and it still worked. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh I like I, I fucking that was a terrible. Like my first few, I look back at, I'm like, I can't believe I got those dudes through the war, you know? Because I've just I do it different now, and yeah. that's the cool part. So yeah, um, so you you also on this podcast we also like to talk about shit you do in life, and you've you've played. You're a musician f- your whole life, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, and what's recovery been like in that part of your life? Does it make it more challenging? Does it make it easier? Well, I'm I'm in a band with with my uh, number one drinking buddy still. Okay, you know, and and so even you know from day one into into this stint of recovery, you know, I've I've still been around booze like at least once or twice a week, you know, and and people that drink pretty heavy, you know. Pretty tough to be in a band and not be around those things. Yeah, but you know, I. As as much as he's, you know, kind of bummed out that he lost his drinking buddy and stuff like that, he's like I've I've gotten nothing but you know awesome support from all those guys, you know, mm-hmm. like, and 
it's it's crazy, you know, talking about the music and 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 the drinking with that, you know. I started playing the guitar when I was nine years old, so I I wasn't uh, I wasn't you know drinking at that point or doing anything, you know. I was just a little kid, but uh, but there was there was something that was fulfilling. Like I I entered a talent show at like ten and a half years old, and I and I won the thing, you know, singing an original song and playing the guitar in front of my the entire student body at my elementary school, which was like the first performance I ever did. So, mm-hmm. And the high I got from that was like way more insane than than any anything any substance I could put in my body you know and so like I still get to experience that feeling today um but and I'll I'll, I'll talk about uh you know I, I I was in this band prior to the one I'm in now and we we had some moderate success we were opening up for like you know semi-famous groups um you know, doing, we were doing the thing, you know, um, and I, I was drinking a lot, you know, in, in that period of my life too, and, and on stage and things like that. So I, I had one show and I don't even remember where, where it was, um, or, or when it was, you know, a lot of, a lot of my life just kind of meshes together. I have no idea on time frames at all, but I, I remember I was on stage and I was pretty hammered and I was forgetting the words and I went down, you know, I was jumping around and stuff, and I went down to a knee. I lost my balance, and I didn't completely eat shit, but, and I kind of played it off. But at, at that point, I was like, fuck this. I'm never, ever going to be drunk on stage again. So I actually quit, quit drinking on stage, you know, like at like 23 years old or something like that. I was just like, that's, that's not for me, you know. This, this is my life. This is what I've been working on, you know, forever. It's just like this performance, all my songwriting, you know, all this all this shit and uh and and I'm making an ass out of myself and so I decided to stop doing that um so fast fast forward to now I mean like the the actual performance part of it you know hasn't really changed a whole lot like I've gotten better just because you know I'm taking care of my body a little more I mean I I still smoke cigarettes like pretty often which is not really great for my voice but I mean I think Keith Richards did pretty all right with all that shit so He's an outlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um you know the the hardest part I think just being in sobriety and trying to be a rock star at the same time is like I've had like I had this girl <laughs> like yelling at me some you know while I was on stage some uh some things she would like to do later that evening right and and so like I talked to her for a little bit after the show and she just like reeked of vodka and like it turned me off completely I was like I can't I can't do it like all of a sudden who's this guy that's got morals now you know that's not gonna try to you know swindle a, a cute little drunk girl home after a rock and roll show you know that's crazy talk <laughs> I like, you know, old old Zach would would have uh, capitalized on on an opportunity like that. But I, you know, so there's there's been some changes that have been kind of shocking to me as as far as just the playing in a band and stuff like that. You know, what kind of music? What kind of music do you guys play? It is rock and fucking roll, sir. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. I uh what uh, so you guys you guys write and do your own music. What kind of music do you what kind of music do you like to listen to? Like who do you listen to? Um I mean for for the uh like as as more of a mainstream group that like I'm a huge fan of is like the Foo Fighters. Like okay. I I'm huge into those guys, but then there's there's all kinds of weird little bands that I listen to that don't really have like a huge following and stuff yeah. like that, but if you had to compare the music of my band, it'd be like to to a, an artist or a band that's that's out there now. It'd be like the Foo Fighters or Chili Peppers. You know, it's got like the '90s kind of feel to it, but a little more modern. We got this bass player that really loves to to play like kind of Tool and Primus stuff. Oh yeah, you know. So we've got some we got some funky weird shit going on. Yeah, Primus bass gets out there always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you've been working on an album, right? Is it done? It is. It is almost done. So, so the group I play in is called Red Swing, and the the album is called Impulse. And it's kind of cool because, like, and I don't even know if the guys in my band super know it, but like, it's it's themed around addiction. And oh, cool. you know, I yeah. tell you what, like, I and I, I make a joke about this all the time, but like in my songwriting, it, like I say, it, it seems like I sabotage my own life so I can get some inspiration for my songwriting, you know, like, like I've got, I've got a song about the mistress and I've got songs about, you know, just being completely just disgusted with yourself after, after a night of drinking and just praying for that same bottle to save you the next day, you know, like there's, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff about drinking and like even some like little, lines from the book and stuff like that you know that yeah. that, that i pepper in there every once in a while um but the the album's gonna be dropping here in a couple of weeks we had we had kind of a, a fuck up as far as the distribution part of it so i've got to rectify that on monday <laughs> tomorrow hopefully yeah but um yeah so that'll be that'll be dropping we'll do an album release party here in like three or five weeks and and we are planning on going on tour. That's what I thought. That was going to be what my next question was. You were telling me you were going on a pretty decent-sized tour, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And this is crazy, too, because, like, I'm not really, like, like the, my history hasn't proven me to be, like, a real follow-through kind of guy, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so like this is this is a big endeavor. But we're we're talking about hitting like Denver, Colorado Springs, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Phoenix, San Diego, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Salt Lake, like all in a three week time frame. So like eighteen or nineteen shows in twenty one days, taking wow. a school bus and 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 doing the thing. And like we've got a lot of irons in the far, fire as far as this goes. But like it's still like I don't know, man. Like. I, I try to be an optimist about it, but I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I haven't really been great at like making shit like this actually happen. Mm-hmm. Luckily we've got kind of a team working on it, but it still it still worries me. Yeah. You know? That's cool, man. Yeah. That's really cool. That is cool. It's nice to see like when people get well and then to see all the rest of their life start to come together. I mean, and you know, you said you were sober on stage before you quit drinking but you also said you weren't really a follow-through kind of guy so to see that shit all come to fruition when people get well it's it's i mean i don't know it's why our podcast is recovered af right these are the things that we get to do now that we're that we're well oh yeah you know i i i owe and my mom needs to remind me of this all the time 
you know, uh, I mean, they say that like pain's a great persuader, but like try to have a mom in the program. Like, <laughs> mom's a great persuader too, you know. Um, I was gonna ask you about that, but I was like, nah, I'm not gonna bring that up. <laughs> yeah, but, but she's, you know, she she's even so, like just like this last week, I kind of had a, a relapse with the mistress, you know. <laughs> Like she just keeps popping back in my life. She, we're we're done again, for now. But um, <laughs> for now. <laughs> but my my mom's like you know like you can be all sad and and you know feel bad, but like you're kind of being like an ungrateful little fucker right now because you know you, you got to look at what what this program's given to you and you and you're just like completely wrapped up in self and you know I, and I'm like yeah you're right and so like I I do I do really really need to like take a look at you know, the gratitude I have for this program and what what it has done to turn my life around and how I get to have these awesome opportunities, you know, playing in a rock and roll band. And, and you know, I'm, I've got this really insane opportunity because of the accident that I told you about where the state's paying for me to go to school mm. to, to be a, an audio engineer, you know, so I can help you a little better with all your knobs and buttons over here. Yeah, yeah. you can take over at any time. Run the podcast for you guys. You know? <laughs> yeah. But Perfect. Uh, we've got a sound engineer. Don, dude. Yeah, you know, I I have so much to be grateful for. And like if if I don't continually look at that, it goes away. And that's when I get into those slumps, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I I need to I know I need to base my life on on the gratitude that I've got for all of this because like I, I wouldn't have all of this if I if I didn't hit that point of surrender and and immediately start into the work you know mm-hmm. with and and then start helping guys out and continually maintain my own personal shit like it, you know there's there's I can't just be lazy and I like to be lazy a lot mm-hmm. like that's that's kind of my default status is lazy fuck but you know if if I at least put a little bit of effort into into what this what this program is you know what these 12 steps are I get to lead a life that that I don't fucking deserve, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's huge for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, gratitude is. It was explained to me by Jeff, who's been on the podcast a few times now, that gratitude is an action word, you know, and I express gratitude through action, whether it's in the twelve step world or it's in my personal life or if it's in in your band life, you know, like for me the life that I get to live today, the only way that I can show gratitude is by being in action for it. You know what I mean? So if that's sponsoring someone or if that's exercising, because like I, I didn't exercise before, you know what I mean? Like gratitude is just something that I, sh- I show through action is how it was explained to me. So I think that's the beauty of, of this thing is um, we, get, we get our lives back and then if I continue to do this thing, I get a better life than I would have ever drawn up for myself, you know? I get so much more opportunity and so many more things in life, you know, and it doesn't have to be tangible things, but just a peacefulness and a way of life that, like, I I get to experience today. So, yeah, it's good shit. Uh, I see you at the the gym in the morning, um, and, like, when I started working out... um, one of the um, the girls that works out with her that I was working out with the other day, she was asking me like, "What, 
what are you trying to get out of this when you're working out? When I first started, I was like, I just want to look good, basically. And she was like, all right. And then uh, and then something else happened, actually, when I started going through the process. And I found that it really helped me out and helped my balance out and really became a valuable part of my life. And I was... <clears throat> um, when when you're exercising, was there... Um, when you're lifting in the morning, did you have a purpose behind it? Or was it just the same selfish self-centered reason that I started for was just to look good or is it like it, were you just trying to add that extra component into your life and honestly have you noticed a difference um you know I've 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 always been a pretty small kind of frail guy you know just just a little dude and so so yeah there's there's a big part of me that just just wants to look good but I like my rationalization on this which you know I don't really follow a whole lot of that because it typically leads me into places that I don't want to be when I rationalize. But um, I, I feel like if I if I get rid of that feeling of inferiority, you know, as far as like that, and just make myself feel confident and good, like that's one less you know chunk of shit that I have to worry about, and then and then I can move through life with a little more ease, you know. Are you getting swole already? But yeah. it's like super gratifying too. Like, you know, I, I started like 10 or 11 weeks ago and, and I could barely bench the bar, you know, and, and now I'm up to, to like a plate once. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I, it, it makes me feel good that like I'm, I'm actually going back to the gratitude thing. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, I can't like imagine ever being dedicated to something for 10 or 11 weeks mm -hmm. in a row like when i was drinking you know like mm -hmm. like i i i wouldn't have been able to do that but now that i've kind of got my mind you know fairly right and like things are kind of laid out fairly evenly in my life you know i i, I can commit to these kind of things and mm -hmm. you get the opportunity to practice perseverance yeah yeah it's weird right yeah, it's so, nice. Yeah. Like getting up at like 5.15 in the morning? What <laughs> yeah, the dude. fuck? Yeah. No, man. That fucking early morning group's dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm out of questions. Not me, Stop dude. looking at me. I'm not an early morning worker-outer. No, that's because you have to be to work. <laughs> you have to be <laughs> to five. work, work, yeah. work. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, yeah, we're almost, we're getting close to an hour anyway. So, oh, okay. do you don't have anything else you want to go over? No, Any man. Any other questions? I think we covered it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I appreciate you sitting down with us today and taking us through it, man. Yeah, Absolutely. it's been awesome. Honestly, I was kind of kind of nervous just because, like, you know, I, I slightly sabotage my life from time to time. And right. I, I prior to, like, this morning, I wasn't really in a great mind frame, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. But, like, I feel like I didn't come here and, like, just spill a bunch of toxicity all over you guys. Like, I... Feel like I did all right. Yeah, man. We what? try to stay in the solution in this thing as much as possible. I think. Yeah, I need to do that like yeah. a lot. Yeah. Like, if it makes you feel any better, we've had—I don't know how many guests we've had that have came over here. We've asked them to do this, and the first thing they say when we get sit down is we're like, they say, "I just need to let you know, I'm not in the best space right now." I mean, more than you would know, right? You oh yeah. Listen to it, and and we you know we're here talking about the solution, so we're hearing about that part. But that's just the reality of life, man. Is that. Uh, life is life you know it's not it's not you know we all almost everybody i've met have experienced that spiritual experience that you've had and that new perspective about life and then the come down when we realize 
but it's just life, man. There's some grind to it, you know. There's just some some, you know, trudging that goes into this deal. So yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and I think the fact that you continue to go through life experience without drinking or using drugs or anything like that, and you just continue to navigate the world is like a exactly what 12-step fellowships are about. You know what I mean? It's oh, like yeah. that. that's what the whole point of those things is. It's yeah. like there's this crazy idea that when I get sober, shit just gets better. And it's like, <laughs> no, when I get sober, I just deal with the shit better. You know, like I just end up handling things differently. And like that comes with bumps and bruises and fuck-ups and learning. But like the beauty of it is, is like I continue to do that stuff. I don't drink. I don't make matters worse. Sometimes I do, but like I can correct it. You know, like I just like that's what recovery looks like, I think. And that's one of the reasons why we do this is like to smash away the idea that I get sober and life's fucking amazing. It's like, no, I get sober and life still happens and people still die and I get in relationships I shouldn't have and I end up having to deal with work problems and money problems. Like that's just part of living life. And then to do it without having to drink or use or die is the beauty of it all. So Yeah, that's it's amazing. You know, just, just uh, being able to look at, you know, where I was and where I am now and just realizing that, fuck yeah, like this, this is actually worth it now. You know this this is this shit's real and and I'm doing it and I'm not I'm not having to take a drink over anything now. You know that's yeah. that's huge. It's yeah. If if you would have told me I'd be here a year ago, I I would have told you to fuck right off. You know? <laughs> yeah. True that, dude. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, and that's why we asked you to be on it. Is because I mean I'm around you a decent amount, and I get to see the program working in your life, and and you applying the program to to life shit and that was why it was like we need to get zach on so you did an excellent job i appreciate the opportunity man this this has been awesome yeah thank you for being on it man aaron we have some fucking things right like a email account that you can reach out to oh yes it's recoveredafpodcast at gmail.com and an instagram page right yes it's recoveredafpodcast yeah do you have artwork for your album i do i do uh when when you release it, maybe we'll get a picture of it and throw it up on the Instagram and stuff, and we can help. We don't have a huge following, but on our on this, we have a good amount of listeners that we can help. Oh, for whatever sure, yeah. we can. Yeah. yeah well, any, the name of your else. album is what again? Uh, so the band is Red Swing. The name of the album is Impulse, and it should be out here in about two weeks. And they can find that on like uh, uh, it'll be Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google, whatever. Dope. No, all this stuff, all the major streaming platforms. Cool. cool. Nice. That's awesome, man. Thanks, dude. Thanks again. Thank you.